Welcome to the HTH Church Podcast. We are a church in the heart of Hastings whose desire is to build communities of people who are so passionate about being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and joining in with what Jesus is doing, that lives, families, and communities are changed and transformed one at a time. On this podcast, you can keep up to date with the latest talks from our Sunday services, as well as additional bonus episodes, which include conversations, interviews, devotions, and much more. If you'd like to find out more about the church, you can visit our website, hthchurch.org. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy this episode. Jesus was in Nazareth, it tells us, his hometown, which is in the north of Israel, in the Galilee region, and he was there in the power of the Spirit. wasn't there on his own, but he got the power of the Spirit in him, and he went to the synagogue. It was normal for him, as we read just now, to go into the synagogue, to speak, to teach people, the people of Israel, in the synagogue. And they were so happy about what they said, that Jesus said, because they knew about that um, Isaiah prophecy. And they seemed to be really happy with the words that Jesus had said to them initially. The words were, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the captives and the recovery of sight for the blind and to release the oppressed. They seemed to be really happy with that. But when Jesus said to them, preaching to the poor, telling the good news of Jesus to the poor, that's when it all kicked off. Because the poor, they thought, was for them. But Jesus, in the next part, when he talks about Zarephath, and he talks of the woman of Zarephath and Naaman were different. So let me explain. So if you don't know what that means, how significant that was and how outraged they were, the reason was, this is in Kings, the book of Kings, Elisha, who, Elijah, who was a prophet, was sent by God to a widow who was a Gentile. She wasn't an Israelite because there was famine in that region. There was famine in the region. There was no rain for three and a half years. And Elijah was called by God to go to a woman, a widow. There, was, there were many, many widows in Israel, but he was told by God to go to the widow of Zarephath. Now, she was a pagan. She was an idol worshiper. She was a very poor, poor person. She had no money. She was a, a, a person that, that wasn't, if you like, clean. And she was the person that Elijah was sent to. And she was going to feed Elijah. So the story goes, Elijah asked her for food. He didn't have any food. She said, I'm very poor. I've only got one jug of oil and I've got a jar of flour. I can't make you some bread. And he said, if you make me bread, you will never have that oil of jug, the jug of oil run dry. And you'd never have the flower end until the rains come, which was three and a half years later. And that miracle happened to that woman who was not an Israelite. She was a Gentile. And then this, the second part, um, the reason why the people in the synagogue were furious 
Not only had he mentioned about the widow of Zarephath, who was a Gentile, but he mentioned about Naaman. Naaman was a Syrian. He was a high-ranking general in the army. He was, he, he was courageous. He was, again, an idol worshiper, so he's a pagan. He was from um, a region which was not Israel, Israelites. It was Gentile. He was a highly um, regarded person, but he had leprosy. And long story short, he ended up meeting the prophet Elisha, and God performed a miracle on Naaman. So Naaman had leprosy. Elisha told him, go to the River Jordan, wash yourself seven times, and you will be cleaned from leprosy. So that's what he did. He washed himself seven times. He was cleaned of leprosy. His His skin became pure. So God poured a miracle, a blessing on the Gentile Naaman. So when the people in the synagogue heard this, they thought, hang on a minute, good news to the poor, that's to us, that's, that's for us. Not Naaman and Zarephath, the woman of the Zarephath. They're Gentiles, they're pagans. You have come for us. Because Jesus said in that in verse, whichever one it was, today... The scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. They they thought, no, you've come for us. You haven't come for those Gentiles, those pagans. But Jesus says, yes, I have. And that's why they were furious and outraged. And they took him to the brow of the hill and they were going to throw him off. But I love this bit because it says in verse 30, Jesus went through the crowd and went on his way. Now, whether that was supernatural, whether the, the Holy Spirit whisked him through the crowd, or whether it was just Jesus' authority that enabled him to walk through. His time of death was not yet. The time had not yet come. And so Jesus, we said, was in the power of the Spirit. And when the power of the Spirit comes, there are some effects that happen. There are four effects, and I'm bringing those out today, which is we've read them. Freedom for the captives, sight to the blind, release the oppressed, and also hearts that are transformed. So let's start with the first one, freedom for the captives. I mean, I, last week we had a baptism, didn't we? And um, Elise, Alicia was baptized. Let me move that because I keep tripping up on the carpet. Alicia was baptized in a hot tub over there. And for those of you, who was there last week? Wasn't it incredible to hear more of Alicia's story? So Alicia hadn't been brought up in the church, but she found Jesus, and she would say she was cleansed from her sin. And she said this before she got baptized. In my heart, I'm a Christian, but, what, but I want to show that to everyone. This is an opportunity to say sorry, to be cleansed, and to have the new future and a new beginning. She wanted to be free from her past. She felt cleansed from her sin. And actually, I was speaking to her this morning. She said not only did she feel cleansed from her sin, she felt cleansed of being a victim, having a victim mentality. And she ended up not having, being a victim. She ended up having a thankful heart and a grateful heart for all that God had done for her in her life. He had set her free. Jesus had set her free from that victim mentality. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible what can happen when the Holy Spirit comes. And I wonder, have you ever experienced that yourself? 
when the Holy Spirit comes, have you felt his freedom? The second thing I wanted to say was, when the, the power of the Spirit is present, there is sight for the blind. Sight for the blind. Spiritual sight. We've just been singing, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. That's what he's talking about. Spiritual sight. And there's a person in our church who became a Christian quite a long time ago. But I remember talking to him about what it was like for him when he had given his life to Jesus, become a follower of Jesus. He said it was like my eyes had been opened. My eyes had been opened. The Bible, I just knew it was true. I knew it was true. I didn't have to question it anymore. All the unbelief that I'd had before, it was true. I just knew without any doubt it was true. The Spirit had showed him the truth. His eyes had been opened. And I do believe also that Jesus can heal physical eyes as well, if you're blind. I was watching a YouTube clip not so long ago, and this woman, she'd got a glaucoma. She had got a, I can't remember what it's called, that one of those, a macular degeneration, is that right? And she couldn't really see, she could see um, figures, but she couldn't see details on faces. And she was a widow, but she'd married somebody, but she'd never seen his face. Quite brave. Never seen his face apart from just the shape of his head. She couldn't actually see the, the, the detail of his face. But she went to a conference, and they, some people prayed for her. She didn't, and she was, um, it took... By the third time she was prayed for, because she went three times to this conference, the first time she's prayed for, she wasn't healed. The second time she's prayed for, she wasn't healed. But the third time, the third day that she was prayed for, she was able to see. And she was able to see her husband for the first time. Isn't that incredible? And I, my prayer is uh, we would love to see, obviously we want to see people who um, see the truth spiritually see their eyes open but wouldn't it be amazing if we could see miracles more miracles we've seen physical healings here before but wouldn't it be amazing if we could see more miracles here in our church community and in the streets when we pray for people that is my prayer so when the spirit of the lord is present and he's coming in power we can see miracles and people are healed eyes are opened and Jesus obviously healed people in the Bible. We see that in the Bible. We're going to see that probably with Luke 19. There's a story of a man who was healed of blindness. So healed physically, but also um, spiritually. People can see spiritually. And then the third effect where the power of the Spirit is present is release for the oppressed. Release for the oppressed. Now, has anyone watched The Chosen? I love The Chosen. I, my, some people in our family find it a bit boring. But for me, I love it. It's quite slow pace. If you're not wanting anything to um, make, you, make you feel a bit tense, The Chosen is the one for you. And there's one um, episode that I have, I have watched about five times. And it's when Jesus goes to the woman at the well. And it makes me cry every time. I've tried it just to check that makes me going to make me cry. It makes me cry every time because you see the compassion that Jesus has for this woman who again, incidentally, was a Gentile. 
and he has so much passion, compassion for her. She was judged because she was a woman of adultery. She had many men in her lives. She was lonely. She was an outcast. Nobody wanted to be her friend because of her lifestyle. She was oppressed by what she was doing in her life. And I wonder whether you have felt like that yourselves. I know I have. But when Jesus came and spoke to her, he showed his love towards her, and it completely changed her life. She, she became full of joy and confidence and was able to go and tell people about Jesus. And I wonder if that's some of us here this morning, whether you're oppressed by depression or grief or just something that people have said over you in your life or whether it's um, your job that's oppressing you, or whether it's someone in your family that's oppressing you. I, for me personally, I, when I was at school, I didn't do very well at school. I was told I was a failure by one of the teachers, and I actually took that on. I actually told myself I was a failure. I didn't get hardly any O-levels. I, I failed my A-levels. It took me four goes to get my driving test. I got it fourth time around. Very proud of myself. But that, those words, you're a failure, had stuck with me for quite a few years, and it had oppressed me. It had made me think, I can't do anything. I'm not good enough. I'm unworthy. Oh, if I try something, I won't be able to do it anyway. So it stopped me from doing stuff. That was oppressing me. Those words, you're a failure, oppressed me. But I had a moment where I was with the Holy Spirit. People prayed for me, and I was set free from that oppression, from those words that have been spoken over me. And he can do the same for you. And I wonder if there's anyone here who particularly has had that word spoken over you, you're a failure. Can I tell you something? You're not. You are not a failure. Listen to the truth of Jesus. You are confident and you are capable. And so, oppressed, release for the oppressed. There's an... When we, um, before we start Safe Haven Women on a Thursday, because we want to go in the power of the Spirit, which Jesus, as I said, was in the power of the Spirit, we always pray, come Holy Spirit, fill us, fill this space. This is where we hold Safe Haven Women. If you don't know what Safe Haven Women is, it's a drop-in for women to come and get a safe place to feel loved and not judged. Any woman can come, no matter what, what lifestyle they've got. And we pray, come Holy Spirit. And even last week, somebody came in and she just burst into tears. Because she said, I feel the love here. And I, I, I feel the love. I feel I'm not judged. And it's the Holy Spirit. The power comes with the Holy Spirit. And even one of the key workers came up to me and said, I feel something different here. I'm not a, I'm not a spirit. Well, she said, I'm a very spiritual person but I don't believe in, in God, your God. But I can sense there's something different here. I can sense there's something different here. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is powerful. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, like Jesus was going to Nazareth in the power of the Spirit, we can have that too. And 
there's somebody again that I was speaking to recently who, who felt like there was something missing in her life. And she said, I, I think it might be Jesus. I think it might be Jesus. And she's on, a, I know she's going to give her life to Jesus. And she's on that journey. She knows there's something empty in her, in her life. And she thinks it might be Jesus, but she's not quite ready yet to say yes. And there's an amazing quote that I found when I was reading um, was Tim Keller, who says, all you need is need. All you need is nothing. And when I spoke to this woman, I felt like, yeah, she knows there's something she needs, but we don't need to, all we need to bring is ourselves. All we need to bring and say, God, I need you. I've got nothing apart from myself. And he can then fill that hole. He can then fill that hole. So I'm feeling excited about this woman because I feel like she's on a journey and, and, and will discover that actually Jesus is the person that is going to fill that gap in her life. That's exciting. Paul in 2 Corinthians 2.12 says, I am content with weakness, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Because that's when the power of the Spirit comes in. When we acknowledge, actually we're at the end of our rope, if you like. I can't do it anymore on my own this life, but I need you to give me power in my weakness. Power in my weakness. Where the power of the Spirit is present, when the power of the Spirit is present, not only is there freedom for the captives, there's sight for the blind, there's oppressed that are released, but also hearts are transformed. Hearts are transformed. Like Alicia said, when she gave her life to Jesus, she suddenly felt an overwhelming sense of gratitude and thankfulness to God. And I wonder whether you've ever had that happen to you, whether it's gratefulness or something else. I, about 30 years ago, um, I was being prayed for, and actually th this scripture was being prayed over me. And I, I've always held it very close to my heart, the, um, the bit that Jesus read out in Isaiah. And about 30 years ago, I had, I had prayer over me about that. And I, I just remember feeling this almighty weight of compassion fall on me in, a, in the most, it was like I couldn't stand up. And it was an amazing sense of compassion and a heart for women who are desperate, women who have had a really difficult time in their life. And I, and I pray, God, would you break my heart for what breaks yours for the women. And I think that's why every time I see the woman at the well, it, breaks, it, it makes me cry. Because he gave me such a compassion for women. And um, it, it's just been something that happens to me when I, when I talk about it. Sometimes I break down in tears. And I feel like God has given me that compassionate heart for women. And I know that's not for everybody, but I know that is for me. And sometimes my heart gets hardened and I have to ask him again to soften it because I can get a bit cynical 
or about hard-hearted. But then I have to come back to him and say, would you give me that compassion again? Would you, would you break my heart again for these women? And he does it every time. Even the last year, I was feeling I was, I was getting a bit cynical. And I got prayer at Focus, which is the camp that we often, some of us go on in the summer. And I felt like he broke my heart again. It's like a, it's like a gut-wrenching cry that comes from the pit of my stomach because I feel like I'm feeling the compassion that Jesus has for the women, not just back in the day of the Bible, but the women, the compassion he has for the women here in this church, but also for the people in Hastings, the women in Hastings. So we are coming to land, but I just wanted us all to think about how can this apply to my life? How can this apply to your life and are there things that you want to be set free from this morning maybe something that I've said might have spoken to you this morning maybe it's a, as I said a word that's been spoken over you that you're still holding on to that you need to let go and for our church community wouldn't it be amazing if we were a church that people knew they could come to because they wouldn't be judged? A church for the people of Hastings, not against them. Wouldn't that be amazing to think that people would feel, oh, I've got to go to that church because I know I'm going to feel loved there and not judged and not condemned? That's my prayer. Thanks for tuning in to the HTH Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, why not share it with someone you think would appreciate it? And be sure to subscribe to our channel to get notified when new episodes are published. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you have a great day.